0: Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy step shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Let's pray. Father, I need you this morning. God, I pray that we remember this tragic event that took place some 20 years ago and we learn from it. I pray we would honor the heroes. I pray we would look to you and be thankful of your grace and your mercy. God, I pray that we would seek wisdom from you as you say that you'll give that wisdom liberally as we ask. I pray that you'd give us wisdom even now and in the coming days, the days ahead, God, I think of uh, the events that transpired after some 20 years ago and, and the wars and, and uh, Lord, the battles that have been going on. And then, Lord, the abrupt removal of, of soldiers that uh, were in Afghanistan. God, I pray that you'd give grace and, and mercy, Lord. I, I pray that those that have perished, I pray that they'd have been saved. Lord, I pray that they knew you. God, I pray that you'd help us to be witnesses, Lord. And and Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us, Lord. We invite you to this service here this morning. We wanted to bring honor and glory to you. Thank you for the time of praise and song and worship and and, and giving. And Lord, I just pray that you'd meet now as we help us to, you'd meet with us as we assemble around your word. And uh, Lord, we'll give you the praise and glory for it in Christ's name, amen. I'm thankful to be an American and I love my country and I'm thankful for God's grace upon her. I still believe that the United States is the greatest country that there is by God's grace and only by God's grace as we look to him and acknowledge him as God. I believe we can continue to have that. But when we remove God, when we don't acknowledge God as the supreme uh, being as the, as the God of our nation, then we are doomed uh, for destruction. Of course, 20 years ago and 20 years and one day ago, a tragic event took place in our nation's largest city from a force of Satan. Islamic radical terrorists hijacked a couple of our planes and uh, a few of them actually, and they flew them into our twin towers, the world Trade Center, and another attempted uh, uh, to uh, get the the Pentagon uh, but a brave group of brave uh, heroes uh were able to detour that devastation on the uh, the Pentagon there as a result of uh the planes flying into the Twin Towers, there were almost some 3,000 people that entered their eternal destination on that day 20 years ago. I think the total was 2,997 if I, if I have that right, I, but nearly 3,000, that's, that's, that's far too many, period. I remember I was getting clocked into my job. I was in Lancaster, California and I worked a swing shift at a, uh, sometimes I work graveyard at a Rite Aid warehouse. I was getting ready in the break room there, getting ready to clock in, or maybe I'd already clocked in. But I remember a group of people and there was a TV or, uh, just uh, above a table there in the break room and and we were watching what had happened uh, here on the East Coast, or maybe it was taking place. Uh, but nevertheless, I remember vividly what was what was going on in the attack that took place. I remember where I was. and remember having experienced seeing that on that day 20 years ago. I remember the, the patriotism that, the, the questions and the, how could this happen? And then I remember the patriotism and then I remember people wanting to, uh, to, to, to join the uh, military and, and get involved and, and, and fight back uh, because of that. On that day, In New York, there was a street sign in downtown New York that stood in the shadow of the South Tower of the World Trade Center. And the the two signs, uh, they marked the intersection of the streets of Church and Liberty, Church and Liberty Street. Today, the sign still stands there, but now it's at the corner of Ground Zero. And today we remember those horrific events here as a church uh, on September 11, 2001. We grieve the loss of life. We are thankful and grateful for the heroic first responders who courageously uh, attempted to save people and many gave their lives to rescue others. And as a nation, we ought to remember, we ought to renew ourselves to preserve freedom. We ought to remember the event that took place and we ought to learn from it the best that we can. We ought not just put it in the back of our minds and chalk it up to, yeah, I I remember that day, but what did we learn from it? We learned that there is an enemy. We learned that there is sin and we can remember and we can learn and, and understand and acknowledge that Jesus is the cure for that sin. God wants his churches and his people that make up those churches to proclaim liberty. Jesus himself came to this earth preaching liberty, preaching freedom that is found in Jesus, found in himself. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1, he said this, uh, actually the prophet said to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And the fact of the matter is that everybody that is born into this world, we are born sinners. We are born uh, captives to our sin. We are are born in a prison of sin, and we need liberty through Jesus Christ. There needs to be a time in our lives when we acknowledge that, that sin, that bondage, and then we acknowledge that Jesus made the payment for our sin and personally receive him to our accounts. In John chapter 8, verse 32, the Bible says this: uh, that Jesus brought the truth that sets the hearts of men free, while our nation seems to be increasingly uh, turning away from God, turning away from the principles and, and uh, the, the principles of God, that this nation, uh, the biblical principles that this nation was founded upon. I think of even the commemorative services of 9-11 that I've seen, very little to no mention of God. And if, it's, if God is mentioned, it's, it's the genericness of everybody believes in God. Well, not everybody believes in God, and not everybody believes in who the, the, the true biblical God, the, the God of the Bible Many have forgotten our nation's Christian heritage, and we are losing our moral compass. I want to say, may, the, may those street markers at the corner of church and liberty be a signpost. May they be a remembrance to gospel-preaching churches. May they be a remembrance of obe- to obedient Christians. Uh, we must preach liberty found in Christ. We must proclaim the gospel. The gospel is the answer to the problems of this world. Christ is the answer to the problems of the world. May the times of crisis, may that time of crisis that our nation had encountered some 20 years ago be used to help us remember the key priorities of life. Let us remember to invest our lives and our time in the things that matter for eternity. Eternal souls. The eternal souls of men by faithfully preaching the gospel of Jesus. I have Brother Steve on my mind as, as I heard him a time or two say, and, and it's just common sense. But he would make the statement on a couple of different occasions, I think on... Wednesdays, he'd say, you know, why do people act the way that they act? Why do people behave the way that they behave? And why are we so confounded? Why are we so dumbfounded when when people do stupid things? Because not everybody's saved. People aren't going to act like they're children of God. People aren't going to act like saved people until they get saved. That's why it's important to communicate the gospel to faithfully preach the gospel of Jesus. And as I've tried to reflect on this time, you know, year after year for the last 20 years, that tragic day and the idea of always keeping it in remembrance, always remember, never forget. I wanna share five important reminders this morning from the Bible five important reminders that we should not forget as we consider this tragic day of 20 years ago. Number one, may we remember our heroes. May we remember our heroes. May we remember who true heroes are. I'm not talking about somebody that throws the football. Uh, There are good people that play football. I'm not questioning that. There There are good people that that shoot, that, that have a good jump shot. But I'm talking about true heroes. What is a hero? I, I challenged the class, the Sunday school class this morning. I said, what is a hero? What, is, what makes somebody a hero? A hero isn't somebody that goes around saying, hey, look at me, look how great I do this. A hero is often uh, somebody behind the scenes that, that doesn't get the credit uh, for the good thing, the achievement that they've made, uh, the sacrificial uh, 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 sacrificial uh, activity that they've done. Heroes don't boast on themselves. True heroes are often unsung. They may understand the value of what they do and the visibility of others, but they don't always that not not always, they don't always understand even that they are heroic. The Bible says in Proverbs uh, chapter 20 verse 6, it says most men will proclaim Everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Throughout the horrific and chaotic collapse of the World Trade Centers, we, we saw some heroes in action. And they weren't boasting, saying, Hey, look at me in this good thing that I'm about to do. No, the hero was made in the furnace of the affliction. The hero was made in the furnace of the fire. Those unsung heroes. Uh, uh, they, they, they revealed their courage. They revealed their bravery. I think of our first responders. Before 9-11, when I thought about who's a hero. Now, I, I think athletes can be heroes. But what they do pales in comparison to somebody given their life to rescue somebody from certain death. When I thought about what a hero was, I used to think of you know sports figures or uh, I think of our armed forces and certainly our armed forces are heroes, somebody that's willing to sacrifice and and give up certain uh, privileges that they can have, uh, knowing that they may die in the service that they're doing for somebody else's freedom. I think our armed forces are heroes, but today especially I count our first responders and Uh, in in the same list, the events of this day and uh, they're answering uh, uh, courageous efforts to, to rescue people. I think of our police officers. I think of the EMT, medical workers, and, and those that bravely rushed in. I, I, I can't help but think of Pearl Harbor and how you've seen videos and footage and, and narrated stories about nurses and, and workers gathering together and, and rescuing those, those people that were, uh, were, had gotten bombed and, and people that, that died in Pearl Harbor that day. I think of medical workers, I think of officers, I think of uh, firefighters. Those that are first responders to to crisis when those crises happened and they're not always predicted when it's gonna happen. There were many heroes on that day and the days to follow that gave their lives that whose names we may not know, but God knows their names. We ought to remember the heroes of the past. Let us remember, number one, let us remember our heroes. Number two, let us remember, let us never forget that freedom isn't free. Freedom isn't free. Turning your Bibles to First Timothy, if you will. Actually, it's up there on the screen. <laughs> freedom isn't free. Freedom is a costly thing. Freedom is a costly thing value. It's costly merchandise. Freedom has never been free. It wasn't free in 1776, and it wasn't free in 2001, and it's not free in 2021 either. I'm thankful for the men and for the women that fight to preserve our freedom even today. What we endured 20 years ago is is regular occurrence in some nations, in some countries. I, I think of Afghanistan. I think of, man, what a what a chaotic mess that place is today. Remnants of, of Christians, believers who, who had professed Christ and now have no protection that went to their death and even, even, even some that, that continues on today. But there's a price to be paid for freedom. It's a costly gift. And I thank God for it, and, and it's something that ought to be fought for. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, it says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Verse number 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and as professed a good profession before many witnesses the Bible tells us to fight the good fight what are we supposed to fight we don't fight a battle that's of flesh and that's of blood as a, as Christians it is a blood it's of the blood of Christ that is but but it's a it's a fight that we must take hold of the gospel we must carry the gospel we must perpetuate the gospel because the gospel is what brings freedom freedom in Christ The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Freedom in Christ is bought with a price. We talked about anything that is of value costs something. It may not cost me anything to get saved, but it costs Christ everything. It costs Christ his life. He willingly gave his life, shed his blood so that I could have freedom. It's of great value. Freedom isn't free. Let's remember these principles here. Freedom isn't free. Number one, we need to remember our heroes. Uh, Number three, let us remember that forgetfulness is a great danger. Forgetfulness is a great danger. How many of you ever heard the quote that those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it? You say, I didn't do anything back then, Pastor Sam. No, but we ought to learn uh, from those who did make a mistake. We ought to learn from those that didn't make mistakes. They, they endured tragedy. Forgetfulness is a great danger. I remember the overwhelming sense of, of uh, you know, how could this happen? The overwhelming sense of vulnerability. in September 11th, as I watched, uh, you know, Uh, replays of the planes flying into the towers. They're thinking, "How is this happened? Is that an accident? I think was one of the first questions, but there's another one. It's no accident. It was deliberate. And then thinking, how in the world could this happen? And we're, we're the United States of America. I mean, we're the greatest nation in the world. And I think a lot of people felt that way. How in the world can this transpire? How can we Allow this to happen, and then learning that there was another one. There's a third one that was uh, that was uh, that took place. Now we have the TSA screenings and and uh, the searches. And how many remember before trying to fly on a plane and you didn't have any of that garbage? And how many of you are like me? You're you got you you're bitter and you're angry when you go into an airport now and you're thinking, man, those. I gotta I gotta do this, and you know you're you're tempted to be stereotype certain people and you're looking and and you're on alert you know but 20 years ago we didn't have any of that we didn't have to go through screenings and you know and metal detectors maybe they had metal detectors i don't know but it wasn't as near intense as it is uh, now and and as annoying and after that day suddenly uh churches were full and uh, people everywhere were praying, and and God bless America. And there was prayer meetings. I remember I was in Bible college, and we'd have prayer meetings. And I knew people, good friends, that joined the military shortly after that. That I grew up with, and and uh, I don't know if it's record record, uh, you know, uh, enlisting or what, but but uh, certainly there were a lot of people that joined military back then. But the sense of dependence upon God that we had soon faded. Today, our nation almost deliberately and almost boastfully has moved further and further from God. The Bible tells us the tragic consequences of when nations forget God. I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah 18. Turn with me to Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah 18. I don't have that one on the screen, so you can't be lazy on that one. Jeremiah 18, say amen when you get there. Jeremiah 18, and then uh, look at verse number 15. When a nation forgets God, when a nation doesn't acknowledge God as their superior, as their maker, as their, as their leader. Jeremiah 18, verse number 15, the Bible says, Because my people hath forgotten me, they have burned incense to vanity, and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in paths in a way not cast up, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Everyone that passeth thereby shall be astonished and wag his head. Verse number 17, I want you to specifically notice. He says this, I will scatter them as an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. God says, when they come to me, if they come to me, he says, in that day of calamity, I'm going to turn my back to them. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse five, again, the Bible says this. It says, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. What wisdom, what understanding should we have? Well, let's not forget our heroes. Let's not forget that freedom isn't free. Let's not forget, number three, that forgetfulness can be a great danger. How many of you are... You're like me, and sometimes it's hard for you to learn the lesson. And it seems like, you know, you can repeat that same foolish thing over and over and over before you finally get it, hopefully. Well, forgetfulness can be a great danger. I want you to notice with me number four here this this morning. I pray that we will remember and turn to God in national revival. I pray that we have this sense of, of acknowledgement, this sense of need that, the Lord, we need you. Every, every, every service, we ought to be pleading with God. God, we want you to be glorified in this service. We wanna acknowledge you. We want everything that's said and done here uh, this morning in church to bring honor and glory to you. It's your church, it's not ours. I pray we acknowledge him individually, uh, publicly, corporately as well and and we acknowledge that he is our all in all we need national revival but number 4 we ought never forget patriotism patriotism i like to think of myself as a a red-blooded die-hard american i believe in my country i believe in the 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 principles that she was founded upon i don't agree with the with with the representatives of this nation and the the things that they do sometimes. But overall, and and, uh, what we were founded upon, freedom, biblical principles, that's the kind of patriot I am. The Bible reminds us in Psalm 33, verse 12, that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Patriotism comes in many shapes. Um, I'm, like, I'm like many of you probably, my, my mentality is, is this. If, if uh, you know you're somebody that's coming and you tried to get into this country, if you don't like this country and the values that it was founded upon move to a different place. Don't move here and bring the communism. Don't move here and bring the socialism. Don't move here and bring the unscriptural principles that you're trying to flee from. I think of having grown up in California, you know, where I, where I was from out in the middle of the desert. It's, it's country area. And there's a lot of things that we can do. But, you know, typically uh, states get characterized by the big cities that they have that represent, you know, think of Chicago. Not not all of illinois is is uh you know uh, so uh, gun grabbing so uh so what have you you know so restricted and stuff, but you got good country folk you got good bible believing people throughout the state, and there are parts of California like that too, but I have several friends who are in Arizona, several that moved from California to Arizona because of the restrictions because of the uh uh, just because of the many restrictions, and, and then you got the taxes, you know, and all that, and trying to make up for, uh, for the poor uh, decisions of, uh, of, uh, of the socialism uh, as well. But, but anyway, patriotism, it comes in many shapes. And as I think of 9 11, there was almost an overwhelming response of unified patriotism I know presidents have said it before God bless the USA but I don't remember hearing God bless the USA God bless America as many times as I did when I think George Bush was president uh, some of you are older than me and you can probably you'll correct me if, if, if need be but in my lifetime I think about that time God bless the USA and and uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful for that but God doesn't bless sin and God's not going to bless the USA unless we're, we're looking to him. I remember that event. And I remember shortly after, day or so after the uh, towers had come down, I remember the overwhelming, uh, the, the unification of patriotism. And, and it was an awesome time. George Bush had got up on that pile of rubble. And I don't know if it was the same time or not, but I remember, how many of you remember the steel beam, the cross, and the flag hanging on the beams, or the flag, well, the flag hanging on the, uh, the fire truck there, on the, uh, the, the, the ladder of the fire truck, and, and I remember President at the time telling the people as they were still trying to rescue people from the rubble, he said on the, that, that bullhorn, that megaphone, he says, we can hear you. And the people who knock these towers down will hear from us soon. Everyone, everybody wanted to help, it seemed like, and there were, there were relief funds that were set up all over the place and uh, for good causes and uh, from the president to the first responders to the military to the common citizens. Millions showed their patri- patriotic colors in a variety of ways. We ought to remember our patriotism. I believe two of the most patriotic acts that we can do for our nation are not typically thought of as patriotic, but they are these. Number one, we can pray for revival. And number two, we can preach the gospel. Alexis de Tocqueville, French, something, something French if you're familiar with the Abeka curriculum, this is, where I, this is where I read it. I think he was a historian or some sort, was taking note on, uh, back in the day, why he believed America to be great. And he said this, and I'll paraphrase, I'll misquote it here, but I'll paraphrase my, myself here. He says this, he says, America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. But what does it mean to be good? What it means to be good is found in the Bible. The principles therein. Preaching the gospel transforms lives. When people get saved, they become good. They become, they inherit the goodness of God. They inherit the spirit of God. They become a new creature in Christ. Two of the most patriotic acts that we can do, we can pray for revival. And number two, we can preach the gospel. In closing this morning, lastly, number five, what I want you to notice here, some principles that we ought never forget. Number one, let's not forget our heroes and what a hero truly is. Number two, let's not forget that freedom isn't free. Number three, let's not forget because forgetfulness can be a great danger. And number four, let's not forget patriotism. What does it mean to be patriot? To be a patriot, uh, a true biblical patriot is what we ought to remember. Number five, let's remember this. Revival is our greatest need today. Revival is our greatest need today. I pray that we will never again be caught by surprise and endure such a tragic event. I don't wish that upon anybody I I I I have prayed before I've had people that have been that have been a uh, you know burdened for a loved one to be saved and and I've even had this prayed for uh, for me for loved ones to be saved as well uh, pastor Sam would you would you pray that my loved one would get saved my my spouse my father my 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 mother whoever it may be and then I've come to the point where men seems like it seems like the gospel is they're they're just they won't get saved and so my I've resorted to, God, whatever it takes for them to get saved, would you save them? I think sometimes that's, that's meant them getting cancer. Sometimes that's meant a tragic event to take place, for them to, to get shaken up, if you will, by, by the Holy Spirit of God, to, to realize that there's an eternity that needs to be lived for. Well... Revival is our greatest need today, and I pray that we are never caught by surprise again. I pray that we never have to endure something as horrific as that, as horrific as Pearl Harbor, as horrific as September 11th, uh, uh, 2001. But sometimes God allows those events to take place to shake us up a bit. I remember when Hurricane Katrina happened. What year was that? Anybody remember? top of their heads then at least 10 years i want to say at least 10 but uh whenever it happened I, I remember the i remember the church that where i was i remember the the pastor preaching from uh, oh what was it lamentations i think it was and and uh, talking about how how uh because of the uh not acknowledging god and the blessings how how god could allow such a tragic event to take place, to shake people up. And, I, and then I remember uh, going down in a busload of people. Brother Steve was on that bus, and I don't know if Brother Dave was or not. I don't remember everybody, but I do remember Brother Steve being on there. Uh, we took a, a busload of people down after the devastation of Hurricane Katrina, and and we had some relief goods and, and uh, like, first aid kits. We had... Uh, we had food that we would find people and uh, in their communities and we'd, we'd gather them together and uh, distribute these different goods. And then we'd gather around, we'd preach to them. We saw many people get saved. It was like there was a, there was a, there was a uh, uh, everybody had softened hearts to the things of God. And sometimes it's these tragic events that, that almost seem like they need to happen in order for people to to return to God, to get their hearts revived to the things of God. That's one of the reasons we need to not forget. But that's also one of the reasons why revival is the greatest need of the day. As we go on after these events and... And we get hardened again to the things of God. We go about our daily routines and, and we leave God out of the equation. We need to get revived of the things of God. We need to get revived of the, of the, of the principles of God's word. And I believe our greatest threat is not a threat by terrorists. It's uh, our greatest threat is the national rejection of God, the Bible says in Psalm 32, verse 12, it reminds us that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I want you to turn to uh, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 7:14. Uh, a familiar verse to a lot of people. Actually, it's up on the screen there again. I do that to myself. I'm making you guys lazy by putting these scriptures up on the screen. Revival is our greatest need of the day. How does, how does revival take place? Hear how personal revival takes place. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, it says this. If, let's read it all together. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. ready to begin. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways then will i hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land second chronicles seven fourteen is our prescription for revival god says if the heathen no god says if the if the anti-god people no god says if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, not keep on in sin, not keep doing the same wickedness that, that we become accustomed to, no, but we'll revive, humble ourselves, seek his face And he'll reveal to us our wicked ways. And then he says this, then then healing will come. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I believe that and I I pray that our nation uh, returns uh, to the Lord. As we remember 9-11-2001, may we also look forward and pray for God to heal our land. May we remember uh, these things. May we remember these principles that will help us to, uh, to, to humble ourselves and, and seek God's face on a daily basis. God says he'll forgive us. God says he will bring healing. May we look forward and pray for God to heal our land, not militarily, not politically, necessarily, but spiritually. God will hear, uh, heal us. May we consider these things that we ought never forget this morning. Let's all bow. I remember the tragic event. I remember other tragic events that have taken place as well. But this one is fresh and vivid in my lifetime and my generation. And there are some things that I ought to remember. Concerning. The tragedy. As we take time this morning to remember and to consider this event that took place some 20 years ago. I want to ask by way of invitation this morning. Do we have any here maybe your your burden for our country oftentimes we have somebody we had one particular person that i that i can think of on wednesday night that it seems as often uh offering uh encouraging prayer for our country that's what we need we need prayer for our country we need prayer for ourselves individually we need prayer f- corporately as as a as a church but I wonder this morning, by way of invitation, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask for your response this morning. Do we have any here that are burdened for our country? If you're burdened for our country this morning, would you slip your hand? And say, "That's me, Pastor Sam. I'm I'm burdened for our country." You may put your hand down. Maybe here this morning, and and uh, you'd like to come as one that is called by His name, and you'd like to humble yourself at what we call our altar here uh, this morning and and you'd like to pray and and maybe ask the Lord to search your heart and and uh, maybe you would turn from a wicked way that he might reveal to you. Maybe here this morning and you'd like to pray for the salvation of our nation's representatives. You'd like to pray for Biden to get saved. You'd like to pray for Kamala to get saved. You'd like to uh, pray for others uh, to get saved. And there are plenty of representatives of this nation that need salvation. And that's the answer for the problems that we have. That's the the primary answer for the problem that anybody has. Salvation. Salvation. Maybe you want to come to this altar this morning and and pray for a loved one to get saved. God says, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. I I will heal their land. Let's all stand this morning. Let's all stand.